You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey there, I'm Aaron Armstrong, the brand manager of The Gospel Project, and with me is my co-host and managing editor of The Gospel Project, Brian Dembozik. Today we are continuing the discussion we started in our last episode on gospel threads in the Old Testament. So I hope you find this episode helpful. And if you missed the last one where we started this conversation, I hope you'll go back through the feed and check that one out too. The next one is um, one of the absolute most read books of the Bible, certainly not the least read book of the entire Bible. Not at all. No, actually it kind of is. Guys, you should read this book. Um, It's Obadiah. Um, it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. Obadiah. And it's a short book. It is a short book. It's a dark book. It is. It's a heavy book. But but it's I mean, it's it's that on purpose. Absolutely. It's a it's it's a book that can be summarized as, hey guys, God's coming and he's gonna kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Why? Because because of unrighteousness. Yep. Judgment's coming. That's one of the key that's one of the key themes of the book and it's not just to not just to the enemies of God's people but it's to God's people yeah um in that in that context primarily toward their enemies with with this book. well and it's that's what you but, see that theme running throughout the Old Testament prophets of God's people had fallen into this trap of thinking well they were right with God because they were God's people and right. when they thought of the day of the Lord when they thought of judgment they first thought of the external the external enemies, yeah, um, the, the pagan nations around them, and rightly that God was going to judge them for their injustices, but they didn't make that final step of realizing, wait a minute, that same judgment is what we should be under as well, because we are sinners and we need salvation through grace, through God's act of kindness. So, you know, when we read Obadiah, I think that's the two steps we have to think about. One is um, we we tend not to think of ourselves being deserving of God's judgment as much as we should. And we need to get comfortable with that idea um, that we deserve God's judgment because that's when we see the beauty of the gospel. But we are exempt from that judgment. We've been spared for that judgment of that judgment because someone has already been judged in our place for it. Of course, Christ Jesus. Absolutely. But then also this book helps us think about the injustices that we face. We live in a world that is, is full and becoming even more full, if you want to say it that way, of injustices. We see them all around us. So how, as God's people, how does Obadiah help us navigate a a world today that seems like it's getting crazier and crazier and we see so much injustice around us? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, one of those things is is that it, it, first and foremost, it helps us to find our hope um, in Christ's coming judgment. Mm -hmm. Because with so much injustice in the world, let's just be honest, there's so much of it that is not going to get dealt with. We see we see um, evil people doing horrible things and getting away with it. Not dealt with today, you mean? What's that? Not dealt with today. Correct. That we won't see. Correct. And and that's my point. And that can be really discouraging. And it was for God's people as well. And we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a second. But why do the wicked prosper? Yeah, that question. Yeah. Exactly. Why, why, why do, why do good things happen to bad people is, is the way that we sometimes yeah. put yeah. it. Um, and, but to, to your point earlier, we're all bad people in, from a certain point of view. Um, but when we're looking at the injustices of the world, we, um, we know that 
judgment is that God's not holding. God may be withholding judgment now <laughs> um, for the because He is gracious and He wants all to come to repentance. Yeah, He wants all to He wants all to be rescued from sin, but He's not going to withhold judgment forever. Yep. When when the day of the Lord comes, judgment comes with it. And all are judged. All and 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 it's not going to be a good day when when that happens for for those who have persisted in evil and injustice throughout um throughout all yeah. of history. Which should I mean it should really cause us two responses, don't you think? One is that should break our hearts. Absolutely. Um, you know, we should not find joy in the the coming judgment of people. Um, that that should I mean if we have any sort of 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 a heart for people, that should break it. That we should realize, wait a minute, I don't want anyone, even my worst enemy, I do not want them to experience that. So it should be a motivator for us toward evangelism. Uh, but at the same time, that does give us confidence and hope, as we see so many of these injustices that we're talking about are really injustices against God, not us. Uh, all sin is against God ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there should be this, this part of us that has this righteous indignation as we see people living contrary to God, people who are refusing to honor him and respect him, that should get us fired up. And so in this, this, this odd duality of, of how we should respond to injustices in the world, it should, it should break our hearts, but at the same time, it should give us confidence that no, God will be vindicated. Those who mock him, there will come a day when that mocking ends um, and God's justice will reign supreme. Absolutely. And as a third point, it should also encourage us to um, be um, active agents, not of not of implementing God's judgment here and now, but of demonstrating Definitely. his kindness and his compassion to the victims of injustice. Yeah, we should be the most sensitive. The church should be the most sensitive to injustices all around us uh, for that reason. Not because we are the agents of meeting out justice ourselves, but because we long to show the world what a what justice looks like mm-hmm. um, and, and, and striving toward that today because we care about people who are, are under... Uh, experiencing those injustices. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a similar theme shows up in the in the third passage that we were going to discuss, which is um, Psalm one thirty seven, which is a lament of God's people um, as they're sitting in captivity in in Babylon. They have because of their sin, they've been exiled from the promised land. They have been um, they 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 have no way to fulfill. All the all the commands of uh, that are involved with worshiping worshiping God, um, they could not. They had no sacrificial system available to them. They had none of it. Everything that it meant to be God's people was stripped from them, um, and so they they were on the banks of the river, crying and lamenting and being mocked by the by the Babylonians. And so this is the this is the famous uh, one of the many famous psalms um, where there's some pretty dark stuff, but this is this is one that in, that includes a line about bashing bashing babies' heads against rocks, yeah. um, and it is 
You don't put it's, that on a coffee mug. Um. Well, if you did, I mean, that's a twisted coffee yeah. mug. So maybe, maybe we no. twisted coffee mug. No, 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 stop. no. Um, that, that will not be in a Lifeway store anytime. No, soon. no, along with ones that are about f- open festering wounds no. or things like this. Um, but the whole point about when we when. When we look at uh, when we look at a psalm like this that is full of grief and lament, um, what it what it reminds us is is just like Obadiah that we are to find our hope in God's coming judgment, but also that um, it it frees us, it gives us permission to um, ha- to have honest cries of sorrow and anger, mm-hmm. um, and to realize that. Those things in and of themselves, it's not sinful to it's not sinful to to grieve. It's not sinful yeah. to be angry. It's not sinful to be confused. And yeah. it's not sinful to um to acknowledge those things before God and just yeah. speak those things in sometimes some very um raw and and real, real kind of ways. Um but <laughs> The question is, but it's what we do with them yeah. after. And, and I and I think even during, I, I think there are two ways we can ask why. As as dads, we know our kids do this of us. One is the proper way, you know, to ask why because you want to understand something. Mm-hmm. Well, why why do I have to go clean my room right now, or why do I have to do this? And, and I I can see in my kids their heart, their desire is to truly understand something. Mm-hmm. That is always permissible. Mm-hmm. And even even if that why is asked with pain or or or, or even anger. Um, I think there's a place for that. God is big enough to take our anger, our confusion, our hurts, and he knows it anyway. He's all-knowing. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like we can hide these emotions from him. But the second way we can ask why is when we ask why in judgment, that we think we know better. And so our why is, is, is bathed with that sinfulness. That is not proper. We do not go to God sitting in judgment of him, mm-hmm. almost like Job uh, was starting to do, yeah. if, if not got there in, in, his, in, in the book of Job, of saying, God, you made a mistake here. I know better than you. And we know what happened. God took him out and said, oh, you want to talk about what you know, what I know? Let's do that. And chapter mm-hmm. after chapter, of course, yeah. were you here when this happened? Were you here when I created this? Do you know how many you know, drops of rain fall and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, so even during, we want to make sure that, that our hearts are, are, are wired toward coming to God in humility and asking why. Um, but as you're saying, I think this is so critical that we in the church understand this, that God wants us, doesn't just give us the freedom. He invites us to come to him in that posture. And I think when we do, because we can see the beauty and, and, and that's where we have this door open up for us to remember and see that the griefs that we are experiencing have been born, but Jesus bore them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know in Hebrews, we, we, we have a high priest who is sympathetic because he has experienced what we've experienced. Um, he has experienced grief. He's experienced sorrow and pain. And he bore them and took them to the cross and he defeated them. Mm-hmm. And so that's our hope. Our hope is that the griefs that we're experiencing, and all griefs come from sin. They're all rooted in sin, not necessarily our sin, could be the sin of somebody else, mm-hmm. but they're all born in sin, and those those griefs have been defeated. And while we still experience them today, 
we know a day is coming when they will be no more. And that gives us the hope to endure. That gives us the confidence to endure. Just like the injustices that we talked about, we know that when, when Christ comes, justice will reign. And we all injustice will finally be done. And we will have eternity living free of injustice, free of sin and the grief and pain that it has, has brought on us. That is what I need to know in my moments of grief. That, that's, what I, that's what needs to sustain me. And it's centered on the gospel of who Christ is and what he's done to defeat them. Absolutely. All right. So that's... Um, that actually takes us to the end of our time today. Man, we have... Um, we did something a little different um, with this one in that um, normally we we're trying to ask the question ask the question of what difference does this make? How does this help us to how do we how do we teach this? How do we live live in light of this as the gospel culture uh, as, as the gospel saturates our our culture um, as a community of faith as we are saturated in and immersed in the story. Um, because um, in this, um, I think you've heard that in every single one of these that we are, um, that we have hit. So let, let's just summarize a couple of those really, really quickly with, um, with David, with David's story um, that, um, you know, if we're seeing ourselves rightly in that, that we have, that this helps us to actually live from the right perspective that we are not, that we didn't, we don't have, we are not, we're not living with a defeated kind of mindset because we're expected to be brave in a way that we can't possibly be, but that we are, um, but that we are living through literally through Christ's victory that, um, which sound can sound cliche, but it really isn't. Um, this, this is what helps. This is sometimes just enough to help you get out of bed in the morning when it comes to, when it comes to, um, living in, in, in a world that is full of injustice. Um, again, we, it it gives us the opportunity to go and, and be, um, agents of compassion, um, demonstrators of God's love and kindness to people. So think about, um, Think about where those there are those opportunities to help hurting people in in your community, starting with your church. Mm-hmm. So, is there a single mom who is um, is really struggling? Is there is there a family that you know they're going through a really difficult situation with one of their kids? How can you how can you just do something like just just kind for them? Yeah. It doesn't it it can be as simple as as just asking how are you really. How can I pray for you? And actually yeah. doing it, um, making making a meal. Don't don't underestimate these things. These these things. Um, I mean, we you know we're both part of churches that are, that are are in the Southern Baptist Convention, so we know how to potluck like we nobody's do business. Um, and um, we, but there's something there's something that's that's really special about that yeah. about just being able to share a meal with someone who's hurting and grieving. And that again that. Um, and when it comes to, well, before you, before you, before we wrap up real quick, just insert one other thing, because I think it's vital and we're going to have a, 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 some podcasts on this alone, but this also, when we think of injustices, I mean, I, I, today, I immediately go toward racism. Yes. That there are so many racial injustices in our, in our culture, systemic issues that we as God's people have 
this opportunity and this need to stand up mm-hmm. and and speak against it and speak for the gospel and the beauty of everybody being a, an image bearer of Christ. So I think mm-hmm. that's another area that's we think about injustices around us. Yeah. Um, the very practical that you shared, but also there's another yeah. level to it. Absolutely. And and in that instance, it starts by listening. Yes. Um, it's not like sometimes the most, the least helpful thing we can do is to immediately start with speaking out against. Um, we need to start by actually Listening and understanding. understanding, Trying to understand Mm -hmm. what the issue is. Um, And then we have the grief and and lament, the the Psalm 137, which, you know, as we know, again, that's that idea of not only how we process our own grief, but when we see others around us who are grieving, um, this is this is so challenging for some people. Some people give distance to people grieving because they feel like they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable, but that's that's the worst thing we can do. We need to press in and lean in in love to others and and be with them and just sit in their grief, understanding they it's okay for them to be in that grief and not try to immediately pull them out and say, well, put the plastic smile on your face because Jesus is Lord. Yeah. No, we want to give them permission. We want to cry with them, weep with them. Uh, and then when there is a time to say something, we point them to that ultimate hope, not in a trite way, mm-hmm. um, but when it's time that we remind them of the gospel, remind them, uh, as we talked about, that Christ has defeated mm-hmm. these things. And, and that's the hope they need. Absolutely. All right, Brian, thanks for uh, joining me on today's episode. This was... A, this was um, Actually, a lot heavier than I think we than we intended it to be. Because the Old Testament is heavy. I know. It was. I mean, you know. But you know, we have we have hope in Christ. We do. So, um, so guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Hero of the Story. Um, we would love to hear from you on um, on with your thoughts on this episode and and what you've heard so far. If you have questions that you want us to answer, um, if you have have things you're curious about, about how all scripture points to Jesus and how we can live as, um, as gospel people in a gospel culture, um, email us at thegospelproject@lifeway.com. Um, reach out to us on Twitter at, at gospel underscore project or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegospelproject. Thanks again, and we will talk to you next time with episode three Um, the gospel threads in the New Testament. Thanks for listening to the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.